On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, a few early Model 3 owners are trying their luck at selling their cars for a huge profit. An update on the improvements being made to Model 3 as production ramps up, Tesla starts selling their own car insurance, and more. Welcome, everybody, to the 115th edition of the unofficial Tesla podcast, otherwise known as Ride the Lightning. It is October 15th, 2017. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Good to be with you. I am joined by a now snoozing Daisy the Boxer Puppy. She is on the couch. Uh, if you probably, you probably did hear her last week being crazy, being a puppy running around, doing chewing things and squeaking toys and all kinds of stuff. That ended about 10 minutes ago, just before I recorded, so she's snoozing on the couch now, but she is doing great. Really appreciate everybody's uh, kind words about the new pup. Uh, potty training, it's been a bit bumpy. That's uh, That's been a challenge, but I expected that. That's uh, how it goes with, with these little guys, so we're working on it. We're getting there. She's doing great. We've got our first puppy play group this weekend to get her out and socialize her in a sort of formal capacity. Then once she has all of her shots, in about a month or so, we'll get into uh, sort of proper puppy kindergarten and get the real training going. Before I start the show this week, I wanted to send out my best to all of the folks affected by the California wildfires up and down the state. Uh, California, I do happen to know, the my podcast provider gives me a pretty good batch of metrics including a breakdown of where people listen from, where the downloads are coming from. And I do know that California is the uh, my number one territory, as it were, state or country or anything else. Uh, so a lot of you out there are in California. If you have been affected by these California wildfires, uh, my my heart goes out to you and your family. I hope, hope, most importantly, you and your family are okay. Hope your home is okay. Uh, it, is, it is bad out there. In fact... It's bad here in San Francisco in the sense of air quality, despite the fact that there is an actual bay between us and the wildfires up north. Uh, the it, it it looks like you know I grew up mostly in the Phoenix Valley, uh, the Valley of the Sun as it's as it's known, and in the nineties. The Phoenix area, I think it's it's better now, but uh, particularly in the summertime. The Phoenix area, it, it is a big giant valley, and it's so hot, and just, you know, there was there was no real, you know, not a lot of checks and balances put on things. There would be an actual visible smog layer up, you know, if you tried to look out to the mountains, you'd see a, a this, this thick band of smog. Well, that's kind of what it looks like here in San Francisco this week. Uh, not quite the same consistency, but it is it is a smoky, hazy air that uh, has been has been given a lot of people trouble. I, for one, I'm actually a, a lifelong asthmatic. I developed asthma when I was about five or so years old, and I've dealt with it ever since. And uh, I mean, I'm lucky I don't have it nearly as bad as, as some people. It, it really tends to only get me when I either get sick, it'll sort of trigger and, uh, and make things worse, 
or if I'm going to do a, a sporting activity, like if I know I'm going to go out and play basketball or baseball or something, I'll take a preventative shot from the inhaler. Well, I've had to hit the inhaler multiple times uh, throughout the day this week because, boy, we, we have uh, horrific air quality going on here in San Francisco right now, which, is, uh, which has been really tough for a lot of people. And, and you know, not, not, not to make light of this, but, but seriously, for you Bay Area, or I should say down, extending further down to Cal- into Southern California as well, but, but particularly, I mean, Bay Area Tesla owners out there, who have bioweapon defense mode in their cars, you folks have had a genuine, real reason to use that this week. Uh, I, I'll tell you, I know I'm really wishing I had it right now because, again, it's, uh, it's been tough. It's, it's better indoors, certainly, than outdoors. The, the advisement has been to try and stay indoors where possible, but uh, you know, a lot of people are out wearing filtration masks. It's... It is, uh, it's, it's, it, there's quite the, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sort of the domino effect, the fallout of these fires. And, uh, yeah, I, I'll tell you, if I did have a Tesla with, with the bioweapon defense mode, which the, you know, the model three doesn't have. So even if I had my three, but I would be, I would be doing the show from inside the car with bioweapon defense mode running right now. But in any case, uh, best wishes to to everybody out there, whether you're just having to breathe it in, uh, or or whether you've been even more adversely affected than that. So uh, let's get on to the Tesla news this week. There is a lot to get to. First up here, how badly do you want a Model Three? Would you be willing to pay, say, P100D prices for one? Because VIN number 209 was posted on Craigslist this week with an asking price of over $150,000, U.S. dollars. The listing read, first ever Tesla Model 3 for sale. Car is lightly used with just over 2,000 miles. This is a unique opportunity to own one of the most anticipated cars ever. Skip the line of over 400,000 people and buy the car of the future now. Car is fully loaded with the 310-mile long-range battery, panoramic glass roof, premium interior, sound system, and aero wheels. Car has been great for the past 2,000 miles, and a unique circumstance is forcing me to part with the car. Fit and finish are excellent for an early production model. This car meets all of the hype, and I plan on owning another in the future. Well, uh, this might uh, be premature. This was this was pulled down, but before I could actually record the show, and there was another one that popped up listed for ninety thousand dollars on eBay. That also was pulled down. Now, whether Tesla initiated that pull down or whether somebody reached out privately to uh, to try and purchase the car, you know, on the down low, that that remains to be seen. But I tell you, regardless, it is a mighty steep price to pay just to be the first guy in the neighborhood to have one. I can't imagine anyone paying that because if you've got pockets that deep, you probably already have or could just go out and buy a pretty maxed out P100D S or X. Um, again, that the, the, the removal of the listing, I would doubt that there's been a private arrangement made. I would suspect that the removal came at Tesla's behest because Tesla made the employees agree to not sell the car for a profit in exchange for this early access. 
Now, you might think that's unfair, but if employees started flipping them for huge profits, it would defeat the entire purpose of selling the cars to employees first, which is to thank them and to keep the early cars close to the vest as friendlies in order to quietly and quickly address anything that does happen to go wrong on the car. So um, can't imagine th these sales will actually go through either for their because of their asking prices or because Tesla would put a stop to it. But uh, nevertheless, interesting to see. Now, speaking of the early Model 3s, Electrek picking up a scoop this week on the things that have, I don't want to say gone wrong on the early Model 3s, but the things that have, that have already been addressed on the early cars. Uh, Electrek stating that the battery packs the battery packs themselves, and the two front seats were updated on those initial July build cars. And then the August cars got new headlights and taillights. And everyone, I think this is great to hear about. Uh, not because I'm happy to hear that, that things need an upgrade. That's obviously not great news. You'd ideally like for things to be excellent right out of the gate, right out of the box. But what it does mean is that Tesla's catching this stuff early, which means that the whole thing I just got done talking about on the last story, you know, the, the whole strategy of selling the cars to employees first and keeping them very close, both in a geographical sense and in a, um, eh, what's the term I'm looking for? I don't want to say political sense, but kind of, you know, you're, you're keeping the cars close uh, in every sense of the word. That strategy seems to be working. It's like I said last week, this is a clear lesson, clear lesson from the Model X launch when the earliest adopter customers were the ones, the you know, external people, non-employees, customers were forced to be the ones that, that had to bear the brunt of the issues with the early Model Xs. So I think it's much better this way for everyone, like I described last week. So uh, good to see that the Model 3s are already improving and, and having some uh, early kinks worked out before they really start being sold and de delivered widely. Next up this week, another hat tip to Electrek, an interesting stat obtained by them, and it's this. Almost half of all Tesla buyers since the hardware 2.0 or higher, now that there's the 2.5, uh, almost all, half of, of hardware 2.0 plus buyers uh, have opted to pay for the full self-driving capability up front. So paying that $3,000 up front rather than waiting and paying what is currently listed as the $4,000 price to activate it after delivery. Electrek noting, out of the more than 90,000 vehicles with Autopilot 2.0 hardware in Tesla's global fleet, the owners of about 77% of them have purchased enhanced autopilot, and about 40% have purchased full self-driving capability, uh, sources familiar with the matter told Electrek. So 77% for the standard autopilot package, that's better, obviously, than three out of every four buyers have opted for that enhanced autopilot. Uh, I would be very curious to take a poll of my audience. I, I got done mentioning at the beginning of the show that that uh, Libsyn, my podcast provider, gives me a, a good number of, of metrics, but I don't really have any good way of, of, uh, of polling you guys. I suppose I, I could use my Twitter, but 
I know lots of people aren't on Twitter, and quite frankly, I don't blame you, but uh, I, I would be curious what this audience looks like. I'm still leaning towards no as far as getting it pre you know pre-purchasing it with the car. And I'm thinking I'm still leaning towards just paying the four thousand dollars later. But I will say this: part part of me is nervous that they would raise. I, I I don't I really don't believe they'd do it, but part of me is nervous anyway that they might raise the post-release price higher than that four thousand dollars. And uh, of course, if they did, by the way, I've said this before too. I would be at the front of the pitchfork and torch mob outside of Tesla HQ should they try to to pull a stunt like that when it's you know very clearly listed on their website as four thousand dollars after delivery but um, yeah it's like I was saying I part of me wants to just pay the three thousand dollars up front to just get it out of the way and get it paid for so I don't know I I think that's gonna be that might be my one real game time decision with my car because I know, you know, I want red paint, I want white interior, I want the sport wheels. You know, I'm pretty confident uh, in my choices otherwise. But yeah, that that full self-driving capability, that that box, I'm not quite sure if I'm going to check it yet. I'm going to wait and see when things get closer. Also, by the way, I do suspect that these numbers are going to be lower for the Model 3 on both the enhanced autopilot and the full self-driving uptakes, uh, simply because I, I think it's probably pretty fair to say that Model 3 buyers are going to be much more price-sensitive than Model S and Model X buyers, especially when you consider that you know relative to the price of the Model 3, the autopilot features, they don't, cost, they don't literally cost more than they do on the S and X, but they're the same, which represents a, you know, a, a higher percentage uh, on top of your, your initial purchase price of the car. You know, you've got $8,000 worth of total autopilot stuff, $5,000 for the enhanced autopilot and $3,000 for the full self-driving. So it's, it's eight grand to get the whole kit and caboodle when you order your SRX. Uh, and, and those cars, you know, are seventy, eighty plus thousand dollars at the base, and then you've got that same eight thousand dollars for the whole shebang of autopilot uh, on a thirty-five thousand dollar car. So that's a that's a substantial difference there, and I and thus I do suspect that the the overall pre uh, delivery uptick uptake rather on the autopilot features, either of them, is going to be lower on Model 3. Next up this week, Tesla has revealed the North American, and I guess I should specify here, U.S. and Canada. It not, does not include Mexico right now. So U.S. and Canadian availability of their car insurance program. I did the story a while ago about the test they were running in Hong Kong, and it is called Insure My Tesla, and it's in partnership with Liberty Mutual, which uh, I'm sure you've heard of at least. They're a major insurance company. So here are the details straight from both Liberty Mutual and the page on Tesla's site. So as part of your policy, you will be uh, given new car replacement coverage, which allows for a brand new car within the first year in the event of a total loss. 
Your rate is guaranteed for one year. You're going to get genuine replacement parts, optional 24-hour roadside beyond the Tesla warranty, optional rental car reimbursement for as long as it takes to fix your Tesla, uh, claims valet service to drop off a rental car at a scene or schedule a swap at an agreed-upon time and place. Okay, so that sounds like pretty standard car insurance stuff with a couple of, you know, Tesla-specific bits on there. So how much will it cost? Well, Michael from Milbray, a frequent caller, a friend of the show, he is a Model X owner, and he looked into it right away. Let's take a quick call from the Ride the Lightning hotline from Michael. Hey, Ryan, I assume you're reporting on the Tesla insurance program being provided to U.S. and Canada-based customers. I wanted to share some um, my my experience. I I too have been excited about this and was um, quick to 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 go through the process and to see what new sort of quote I could get. Um, unfortunately, the quote that I got was double what I'm paying right now through Geico for the same level of coverage. So, guess I'm sticking with what I have. Uh, hopefully, these rates will go down as, as um, more people sign up and they get more data. But uh, in the meantime, I'll be, I'll be holding tight and, and hoping that, that things improve. It definitely has the potential to save people money uh, for a very unique car, but uh, we'll see. Thank you for the call, Michael. As always, I got a quote too. And while it's obviously going to vary wildly for everyone, depending on where you live and what your specific circumstances are, my quoted rate was insane. Almost 300 bucks per month, which is about three times higher than what I'm paying now. Now, granted, that's partially because I went ahead and put in a Model 3 rather than my current car, so that's part of it. But as we just heard from Michael and Milbray, he did an apples-to-apples comparison with his Model X, and we you've just heard about his quote. So... Commenters, by the way, over on Electrek on this story reported much the same as Michael and myself. So it remains to be seen who this is really going to be for, uh, because at least out of the gate, Tesla's seemingly given no real incentive here for Tesla owners to spend that kind of money on their car insurance. Uh, I want to see how this evolves once Tesla really sort of gets out and starts speaking about it publicly. Next up, a new software update for you Tesla owners. And this, by the way, is for the entire fleet, not just the hardware 2.0 plus cars. It adds a couple of new convenience features I wanted to pass along in case you have uh, not seen this yet. It adds the ability to manually adjust the distance at which Homelink automatically opens a door or a gate, as well as the ability to keep climate controls running for an extended period of time while the vehicle is parked, aka camper mode. So, so that first one, the Homelink thing, I could see that being useful for a few different applications. For instance, if you have a super long driveway, you could have your door fully open by the time you roll up to that driveway. Or for instance, in my case, I have a super slow garage door opener. It takes a while to fully open up for whatever reason, so I could trigger it to start opening from a bit farther away in order for it to, be again, be fully open by the time I get to it and I don't have to sit there and wait on the street for it to fully open up. Now, alternatively, 
maybe the opposite here. Maybe you have security concerns for when you open your garage and you don't want it open for any amount of time when there's when there's no one around. You could set it so that it only opens when you are right up close to it as well. That is another option. So uh, model model S, model X owners uh, of all of all stripes, whether you're t- 2012 or 2017, uh, keep an eye out for those new features in your car. Next here, to, this is uh, specifically for my North Carolina friends. I have a job for you if you choose to accept it. The North Carolina Department of Motor Vehicles has asked Tesla to stop giving test drives out of its Charlotte location, which is, uh, you know, no doubt due to continued pressure from those dealership groups who are battling Tesla all over the country, as you all know very well. And in what is, I'm sure, a coincidence, there is a new guy named Tori Jessup who took over the North Carolina DMV a few months ago, and now this has happened. So I'm I'm sure, he says, without a hint of sarcasm at all, and by that I mean all the sarcasm, uh, it's very clearly has to be related there. But nevertheless, the point of this is, I encourage all of you out there, particularly you North Carolina friends, to do one or both of two things. One, write to and or call your local and state representatives and tell them that you want Tesla to be able to operate in North Carolina with the same rights and privileges that other car makers get. Number two, so and or, please do this, go to the Charlotte dealership if it's within range of you and maybe you hang out, and I'm being serious here, offer to give test rides or if you're if you're trustworthy enough, even test drives to prospective customers who come into that store. You know, maybe uh, you hang out for an hour or two, once a month, twice a month, uh, you know, one one day a weekend if you're really gung-ho about it. We have seen Tesla owners in other states rally this way before, and it is a powerful message to send if such a thing were to be organized by a group of uh, particularly good-hearted and uh, enthusiastic folks, uh, because you're sending a, a again a powerful message both to the state. You're sending a powerful message to that prospective customer. You know, you're if a stranger, if you're you think about it, you're you're in a Tesla store. You're curious about these cars. You maybe you've heard about them. You've heard they're great, or you're just interested. You want to learn more. And you find you get to say, "Hey, can I take a test drive?" And the and the store associate, the sales rep says, "Oh no, sorry. There's actually a, you know, there's a situation with the state, the state government, where we're not allowed to do that." And and if that were you, and then there's someone who kind of is hanging out and comes up and says, "Hey, I'm a I'm a local Tesla owner, and I would be delighted, delighted." to show you my car and and take you out for a ride in it. That is an incredibly powerful message to to send to that prospective buyer. I mean, if a if a if you're the if you're the prospective customer and a stranger is so passionate about their car and about the Tesla mission that they're willing to take time out of their life to show you their car, that's a huge powerful message to send to that that prospective buyer. That person's going to think, "Gee, 
there must be something really special about these cars because, of course, as you and I know, there is something really special about these cars. And the quickest way, as I think any of you who have driven a Tesla, I know a lot of you out there are owners, but not all of you are like me, and but maybe you've driven the car, you know that the quickest way to understand the whole appeal and power, not and not just literal power, but the whole appeal of Tesla, you get it inst- almost instantaneously as soon as you drive the car. Because once that happens, once you drive the car, that light bulb goes on for you and it never goes off after that. So uh, should anyone take the assignment, I thank you in advance if you have the, the time and the inclination to take action here or if you know you want to reach out to a state representative, uh, that would be awesome too because uh, this is... This is again just part of part it's a state by state battle. Tesla is winning the war, but the war is won in a battle by battle uh kind of scenario. So, uh this is just another battle. This is the the latest battle. Next up, this message is for Model X owners. If you've got an X built between October 28th of 2016, so almost exactly 1 year ago, And so if it's built between a year ago and August 16th of this year, in other words, if you've bought an X this year, I'm probably talking to you. There is a voluntary recall that you should know about. You've probably already received communication from Tesla about this, but just for your benefit and for everyone else's knowledge, here are the details. So this affects approximately 11,000 cars, and it is a second row seating issue. This is Tesla's statement on the matter. They said, quote, Tesla determined that a small number of cables in the second row fold-flat seats in some 2016 and 2017 Model X vehicles may need to be adjusted. Although Tesla has not received reports of any issues or accidents relating to this condition, we will be conducting uh, a voluntary recall to inspect the affected vehicles and confirm whether any adjustment is needed. Although we have never seen any incidents of it in the field, internal testing has indicated that if the cable is not properly adjusted, the seat back on the left side of the second row seats could move forward during a crash, end quote. You may recall that the third row seats on the very early Model Xs were also voluntarily recalled. It was no big deal then, and it sounds like this isn't too big of a deal either. And in fact, they're going to send the mobile ranger service out to you to take care of this if you are indeed affected by it. Finally this week, if you've got a brand new Tesla of any kind, that means you've got, and I'm talking brand new, like you don't have plates yet. That means you've got the hardware 2.5 autopilot equipment in that car. Now you may, or hopefully may not actually, have noticed that the automatic emergency braking safety feature was not active. It is now though. A fleet-wide calibration period has finished up and that feature is now being slowly activated across the entire 2.5 fleet, which I would suspect is probably still relatively small. Uh, As such, I'm not sure if any of you are affected by this, but hopefully, you're not even if you even if you have a brand new SX or even possibly a Model 3 because if you have actually been affected by this 
it means you've had a panic stop in your brand new Tesla, and I don't, I hope that has not happened to you. All right, that is the news for this week here on Ride the Lightning. A quick plug for next week. Stay tuned for next week's show. I'm going to be having an interview here on the show with Alex Roy. He is a professional long-distance driver and one of the co-hosts of Drive, whose fourth season premieres on NBC Sports on Thursday, October 19th at 10 p.m. Eastern. Tesla is going to, uh, the P100D is going to appear in the October 26th episode, also at 10 Eastern. So uh, I'm going to, uh, actually, let's see, should I give you, yeah, I guess I'll go ahead and give you the teaser clip now. So here's a, here's a clip from that Tesla episode of Drive, co-starring Alex Roy, who will be on the show next week. So take a quick listen to this, and then I'll come right back here with the Ride the Lightning hotline for you. Norway, in terms of electric vehicles, is one of the most advanced countries in the world. The government is trying to ban the sale of internal combustion vehicles by 2025, and ban the sale even of hybrids by 2030, which is why we're here to drive a Tesla Model S P100D, the most advanced, longest range EV currently on the market, across Norway to the Atlantic Road, one of the most beautiful roads on the planet, to find out what it's like to live in an EV world. Time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline, where you get to call in, be part of the show. Your questions, comments, discussion topics, I would love to hear them. So you can record them on your smartphone and email me that file. And the email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can use the very easy-to-use, toll-free Ride the Lightning Hotline, where you can call in anytime, 24-7, and leave a message. That number is one 888 989 8752. That's 1 989 TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Also, a friendly reminder the Patreon exclusive bonus episode for October has been posted on uh, patreon.com slash Podcast. So if you are a uh, $10 plus Patreon backer, you can log in and get that anytime you like. It features calls, by the way. Listen for your name if you happen to be part of it. It uh, calls from Harry in Fort Worth, Mike from SoCal, Pete in Dallas, Zach in Baton Rouge, Matt in Bowling Green, and Povilas from Lithuania. So another fun episode there with all the extra excellent Ride the Lightning hotline calls that I don't have a chance to get to on the regular weekly show. So I'd encourage you to check that out, uh, whether you are already on Patreon with me or perhaps you would consider doing so. Anyway, let's get started with this week's Ride the Lightning hotline calls. We kick it off with Ralph in Los Angeles, who uh, thinks he has a guess at what might happen at next month's Tesla Semi unveil. So Ralph, take it away. Good morning, Ryan. This is Ralph from L.A. calling. A little bit of feedback on the microphone. I love it. It helps me to pick out your voice. It's very clear. It's a little high on the uh, high frequency and mid-frequency range, I think. It's missing, I think, some richness along the lower frequencies. However, 
you you come across crystal clear in my car. And I also then get to hear Daisy uh, chomping away on her toys, etc., and request that maybe she gets a little mic time, too. I'd love to hear her snore or uh, whatever sound she makes. Um, so down to business. Uh, I'm sure everyone is wondering about what's going to happen at the next big reveal, now pushed back to November for the semi. I'm putting my money on a Model Y um, reveal of some kind. Uh, I know pickup is in the running, but I think the next big money maker is going to be the crossover segment, which is doing really well um, across the states. So that's where I put my money, and I'm still totally on the fence between activating my day one Model 3 reservation and or opting to um, transfer that over to a Model Y. Uh, anyways, love the podcast. I'm listening to it for the second time today. Take care. Bye. Glad to hear you're enjoying the new microphone, Ralph. I, I'd like to keep tweaking it a bit more, but the overall feedback I've been getting seems to be that it's it's definitely different, but most folks seem to think it's a slightly better different. Now, as to the semi-event, I would imagine that you would stand to win huge money in Vegas if you bet on the Model Y showing up at that event. I'm not expecting that, both because uh, not only does the priority in all public-facing ways have to be on the Model 3 for Tesla right now, but Tesla's still trying to hide the Model 3 so that they can keep selling the S that that they've gotten without a giant waiting list on it. So I feel like rolling out a literally rolling out a Y prototype from the back of a, of a Tesla semi-trailer could do bad things to Model X sales. I I really think that the Y will get its own dedicated event to reveal it, just like the Model 3 did. But then again, this is Elon Musk we're talking about, so you never know what he might decide to do, because he's usually two steps ahead of us, or at least two steps ahead of me. Thank you for the call, Ralph. Next up is our friend Mike from Charlottesville, who also has another comment on the Tesla semi-reveal and what we might see there. So, Mike, give me your theory here, sir. Take it away. Hey, Ryan. It's Mike from Charlottesville again. So, I had called in a few weeks ago about, uh, I guess, the extra bonus of the unveiling for the um, Tesla semi. Now, I have something to add to that. I had originally mentioned maybe just showing the Model 3 production line up to, you know, up to working capacity to, you know, show everybody that what's happening. But I also think that maybe it could be a refresh Model S because I know there's talks about them revamping the interior. That would be fairly simple, and it would generate sales for the company and uh, help with production of Model S. So uh, I want to see what you think, and thanks. Bye. Mike, you know I love you, but I am going to politely and respectfully disagree with you on this one for one reason and one reason alone. The Model S is the flagship of the company. It is for at least a bit longer, the best-selling car that they make. It's vital to the company, and it will continue to be so even after the Model 3 ramps up because Model S is the performance leader. It is the halo car, at least until the new Roadster comes around in however many years that's going to be. And, and thus, it's the tip of the spear for Tesla to reach car enthusiasts, which has been one way that we've seen very, very clearly that Tesla's been able to bring people into their tent. 
So all that is to say that I believe the Model S redesign is going to warrant its own big deal event when the time comes. I just don't see them piggybacking it onto the semi-reveal. But I always like your outside-the-box thinking. That is what's good. It's always good to, to have additional perspectives and some ideas that, that I hadn't considered. But I got to figure that the new S, when it does come around, whether it's sooner or later, is going to get its own dedicated event. We shall see. Next is Matt, a fairly new listener, who has a question about uh, the Tesla and the Model S specifically as he considers buying one. Let me see if I can help Matt out. So, Matt, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan, this is Matt. I really enjoy the podcast. Thanks for all the work you put into it. I have a question, and um, I'm a a fairly new listener to the podcast, so it might have been addressed already. Um, If so, I apologize, but... uh, Considering getting a Model S, and I'm curious uh, about lightning strikes. Um, if the car is plugged in and charging, and lightning hits a, a power line nearby, does does Model S have any kind of built-in uh, protection against that situation? Um, just curious to hear your thoughts on that. Thanks. Thank you for the call, Matt, and welcome to the show. I tell you, I love calls like this because it challenges me to learn something new. And here's what I was able to find on this topic, which did teach me something new, which I I always love. So this happened to a Tesla owner by the name of Sarah Day while she was juicing up at a supercharger in Columbus, Ohio, back in 2015. Tesla Roddy covered this at the time, and here is how Sarah described the incident. She said, quote, I heard the crash, uh, meaning the the lightning, and just a second or two after, about nine errors popped up on the dashboard. So again, she was charging up at the supercharger here, and the lightning hit nearby. Uh, Some of them were low charge warnings, saying it would disable some functions. Others were on how the car needs to be serviced. I was also getting that the car can't be charged and that the 12-volt battery is low. After the storm died down, I got out of the car. The charging port wasn't lit up, and when I tried to remove the cable, it wouldn't come out. I still had most of the functions in the car, including the touchscreen. The other car that was charging just a couple stalls down from me was completely fine and drove away, though I didn't get to talk to that owner afterwards, end quote. Now, she also said that Tesla was great to deal with while they figured out what happened to the car, noting that Tesla engineers, she said, were, quote, almost giddy to get their hands on it so that they could study it. Unfortunately, there was no follow-up on the story to see how it resolved uh, on any of the news sites, but I was able to follow find a follow-up forum post on the Tesla Motors Club forums from Sarah herself after she got her car back from Tesla, which was a month later, and she wrote, They replaced a lot of stuff, not all of it broken, and sent it to Fremont for testing. So I really don't know exactly what was broken or what went wrong, I think we'll just have to wait for Tesla to release any information on that, which, uh, end quote there, uh, ultimately they did not. Uh, but the good news is the, the overwhelming odds are that Tesla will take care of you in the insanely unlikely event that your car is affected while, uh, by a lightning strike while it's charging. What do we got here? We've got two more calls. For the first of those two comes to us from Jeff in Los Angeles, who uh, has another point. I know we've uh, t- been talking a little California on this episode. Well, here's another one for Californians. Jeff calling in regarding a new gasoline tax. 
and how that, uh, but that's also going to affect EV owners. So Jeff, please tell us about it. Yeah, hi, this is Jeff from Los Angeles. I just called to see what you thought about the new California gasoline excise tax. I think it's going to do a lot for Tesla and obviously their stock as well. Each gallon of gasoline is going up 12 cents per gallon. And also for the trucking industry, diesel's going up 20 cents a gallon. So I think uh, the Tesla Semi is coming at the right time. I was just curious what you thought. I don't know if they're going to charge more for electric vehicle registrations or what your thoughts are on California doing the uh, increase in gas. Thank you. Speaking of educating myself, there's this call. Jeff, I uh, hadn't heard, I, this didn't jog my memory until I dug into it. And then I went, oh yeah, I did cover this a while back. So I looked into it and I found that, yes, indeed, this is happening. It goes into effect here in California in November. So it is right around the corner. Here are the details from the LA Times. And uh, they also answer a question that you had about what they'll do with electric cars. So this is from the LA Times, quote, State Senator Jim Bial, from a Democrat from San Jose, said his bill will fix a crumbling road system and boost the economy. With us, the senator saying, quote, if we're able to have better maintained roads, we could prevent accidents and deaths and help have a better outcome in terms of traffic congestion. This uh, That was a quote from him during the floor debate. And now back to the LA Times write-up on this. The legislation, for which uh, final details were unveiled last week, although that was a while ago, would raise the base excise tax on gasoline by 12 cents a gallon, bringing it to 30 cents. Another variable excise tax would be set at 17 cents. Uh, diesel, blah, blah, blah. Electric cars would pay a $100 annual fee. The package also creates a new annual vehicle fee ranging from $25 for cars valued at under $5,000 to $175 for cars worth $60,000 or more, end quote. So uh, that kind of seems like a crappy deal for electric vehicles if I'm doing my math right, because if I drive 12,000 miles per year uh, in my 20-mile-per-gallon car, which is about what my uh, old Infinity is right now, I would use about 600 gallons of gas per year. Multiply those 600 gallons by the the 12 cents uh, increase that we're getting here, and you get $72. That's pretty far off from the $100 that they're sticking to, to EVs. Now, I suppose that's offset a little bit, at least, by the fact that an, an electric vehicle's gallons, and yes, I'm doing air quotes right now, those, those quote-unquote gallons for an electric vehicle, uh, in other words, kilowatt hours, they cost pennies on the dollar compared to an ICE's gasoline. But still, I think, I think that's a bit lame. Now, thankfully, that $100 zero emissions vehicle fee doesn't go into effect until model year 2020. I had to dig a little deeper to find that model year 2020. So if you're buying an SX or uh, a uh, 3 before then, you should be exempt from this. Now, as for that new annual, annual vehicle fee of $175 on top of your registration for cars worth over $60,000, uh, if, 
if you're buying an SX or loaded Model 3, you are going to have that added to that registration bill every single year in California. So, I mean, I love living here. I know it's nobody wants to hear people from California <laughs> complain, but man, that is that is a bit harsh. But uh, all I'll say is we darn well better get some nice roads in return because they're not so great here. Uh, they're, they're, they're not the best roads on the planet, but anyway, definitely wanted to pass that along to, uh, my California listeners, whether, because it affects you, whether you're already driving a Tesla, whether you plan to drive an electric vehicle, or if you're just already driving like me, still currently driving a gas car. So there you go on that. All right. Final call this week. The honor goes to Tim from Little Rock following up. With a call he made, uh, he took his family, he had to take his family to another state to actually see and drive a Tesla since they doesn't have a store in his state, in Arkansas there. And uh, there's, a, there's a pretty cool ending to this story. So let's let Tim tell that story. Tim, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, this is Tim from Little Rock. Um, called a couple shows ago and... Uh, mentioned that um, I we have an order in for a Model 3, and uh, in Little Rock, we don't have a store, so we're driving through Kansas City, and we were going to stop off and have my wife and my son get their first opportunity for a test drive so they could at least uh, feel out what a Tesla feels like before a 3 comes in. Well, I wanted to follow that up and let you know that we just, uh, we were on our trip. We drove through the other day. And uh, my wife was so taken aback at how awesome the uh, Model X was that we drove that we ended up putting in an order. So we actually canceled our Model 3 order and um, are picking up our new X on Saturday. So just want to let you know that um, my son was beside himself grinning ear to ear. Um, and I'll try to send you a picture, but I thought you'd just like to know that uh, we are new uh, Model X owners, and we're part of the club. So I thought I'd circle back and let you know about that. And um, I um, uh, would love to send you my referral code, too, <laughs> if you would love to pass out the referral code on your show. Uh, maybe get uh, um, somebody the $1,000 off toward the end of the month. That was kind of the incentive, too, for us to go ahead and make the, the move was to get the deal uh, in the unlimited lifetime charging, uh, supercharging, before the end of October. And... Uh, and just the way the tax incentives were working out, it made sense to, to make a jump now. So anyway, just thought I'd share that. Really appreciate the podcast. Appreciate everything that you do uh, for the show. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Tim, I love absolutely everything about that call. So what I'm curious of, who is happier in your house? Is it your wife who's getting the X? Is it you who's getting a Tesla in the family? Or is it your son who sounds super ecstatic? I... I very, very much look forward to the pictures and to hearing more about your family's reaction to the car once you get it. Also, by the way, I suspect Little Rock, you know, I mean, I, I'm guessing Little Rock might not be Tesla's biggest market. I, I, I only suggest that because you said you don't have a store there yet. My point being, I think you might be the most popular guy in your neighborhood real soon. Be prepared. Uh, there's a thing that Tesla owners that they have to build into their day when they go out. I've been experiencing a version of this with Daisy uh, where it's puppy time, where if I want to go out for a half hour walk, I need to budget about 
uh, an extra 10 minutes or so because people keep stopping to pet her and, and say hi because she's an adorable little puppy. Uh, but Tesla owners have Tesla time that they build into their schedules because they get stopped and asked questions and people want to see the car everywhere they go, which is super cool. And I hope you are, uh, are prepared for that. And I'm sure you will be an enthusiastic host to show off your ex to, uh, to everybody around you. Yeah. Like I said, the neighbors are going to be, uh, you're going to be Mr. Cool real quick. If you're not already Mr. Cool, uh, without a Model X, but, uh, the one, the one tip I'll pass along here for you, Tim, because uh, your head's probably swirling with all kinds of excitement and, and, and a checklist of things. But one other little note for you on the note of, you know, showing the car off to your neighbors, make sure you unlock the model Xmas Easter egg that, uh, that's in the car, unlock that right away so that you can melt your faces, na- your neighbor's faces, pardon me, as soon as you get the car. Cause that, I have now witnessed it with my own eyes, uh, not at night, unfortunately, only in the daytime. And it's, it's so good. It's like, it's so silly, but in the most fun way you could possibly imagine. So, uh, unlock that, get that ready to show off to everybody and enjoy that car. Congratulations to you and your family. All right. That wraps it up for the ride. The lightning hotline this week. I remind you, of course, to send me your Tesla questions, comments, discussion topics. Again, you can just record a question on your smartphone voice recorder and email me the file to teslapodcast at gmail.com or use the toll-free Ride the Lightning hotline. The number is 1-888-989-8752. Be right back to wrap things up for you here right after this. All right, feel free to follow me on Twitter if you're interested. I'm at DMC underscore Ryan. And uh, if you need some puppy pictures to brighten up your day, Daisy the Boxer Puppy has her own Instagram at that same name, Daisy the Boxer Puppy, all one word there. Uh, What else? If you are buying a Tesla, get yourself, remember it's the end of October is your last chance to get the $1,000 off and the free unlimited lifetime supercharging after October 31st, it'll just be the supercharging uh, bonus. There will no longer be the $1,000 discount. So please use my cousin Pat's referral code if you're buying an S or an X here in the next uh, little while. The code is ts.la slash Patrick5008. You just put that into your browser. It's a short link. It'll take you right to where you need to go. Uh, Immaculate Reflections. A message here for fellow future Model 3 owners, or really any future Tesla owner, or even present one. Uh, I have, again, I've really been getting keen on on getting my car super protected once I get it, my Tesla, because I'm going to be investing a lot in this car, both both financially, emotionally, time-wise. It's going to be with me for a while. I want to keep that finish protected as much as possible. So uh, preserve it for the long term using Immaculate Reflections. They are the Bay Area's premier paint correction and coating specialist. They offer paint correction services, new car delivery prep, ceramic coatings, including C-Quartz Finest Reserve, as well as PPF, which is paint protection film. They are located in Brentwood, California, not too far 
from the Tesla factory. If you happen to be doing a factory pickup, you can find them on their new revamped website, irdetailing.com. Also on Yelp and Instagram at immaculate underscore reflections. They've got 16 years of experience. So do check them out if you want to get your Tesla protected. Uh, Patreon. I appreciate anybody who at least just, all all I ask, take a look at the page. If, uh, If the show means something to you, if you get a lot out of it, I would greatly appreciate your support uh, on Patreon, patreon.com slash Tesla podcast, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Sincere thanks, as always, to the Patreon producers, especially these are the very awesome folks who support me at the $20 or higher level. They are Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Scott Gillis, Michael Lucas, Alexi Heft, Lisa Kaz, Michael Oprey, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, Vince Vaughn, John Lasher, Harold Plug, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Richard Ouellette, Andreas Cohen, Sean Fournier, Tim Hyde, and uh, a special shout out and hello to our newest Patreon producer, Marcus Mayenschein. And Marcus, I think I'm pronouncing your last name correctly there. I took German in high school and in college. I don't remember much of it. I'm not sure if I could really get around Germany, but I believe there there is some there is that is a name of German descent, and I, I think I've got it right. Please do correct me if I'm wrong. Thank you so much for uh, joining me on Patreon. And then there is, of course, there is Abstract Ocean. Get Tesla accessories for you and your car, like a Model X silicone key fob pocket or a high-quality Tesla lanyard. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout and get 20% off of your order. That's abstractocean.com. Most of you probably subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcast provider. If you do not, I would already, or if you do not already, I would encourage you to do so because then the show gets downloaded right to you automatically. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can pick up uh, the RSS feed or even grab individual MP3s at the podcast hosting site, which is teslapodcast.libsyn, spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. I think that about wraps it up. Uh, yes. Anything left to add? Just, uh, yeah, just working on the daisy training, which is, you know, a lot of work, but a lot of fun too. I'm looking forward to getting her trained up and, and one day, uh, making her a pet assisted therapy dog again, just as Maggie was. That was an extremely rewarding experience. And and I'll tell you, Daisy's temperament already suggests that she will be a very, very good candidate for that. But, uh, what do we got? We're, gosh, mid-October already. We are heading into the thick of things. Again, hopefully a good chunk of you are going to start to get your Model 3s here in the next 90 days. That's going to be, that's going to be so awesome for, for so many of you. I can't wait to share in your enthusiasm, to, to live vicariously through your enthusiasm uh, as I continue my wait and others continue theirs as well. So for a snoozing Daisy the Boxer Puppy, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Thanks, as always. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you all again next week.